You're listening to Simply Stogies, a podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back, relax, while James brings you along on his cigar journey. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, sit down with guests from across the industry, and we'll probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. This episode is a special episode. We have a very special guest with us. It's John Lorendi from Peter James. Or you could just call him Peter, I guess. Is that is that how this works, John? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty. You, Peter, John, John, Peter. We talked earlier, Peter Albany, whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> Peter Albany. That is uh that's gonna be an inside joke because I'm not saying what that is unless you want to say what that is. Absolutely not, because then I would have to say what mine is, and we're not just gonna go there. Uh, but where you can't go is go to OxfordCigarCompany.com. Uh use coupon code simply stogies. Anything in your cart, 15% off, OxfordCigarCompany.com, coupon code simply stogies, and that's how we do it in the biz, John. I Just, love it. Can I use the coupon? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. All Please right. do. Um, although I'm guessing, like you and I both know Lucas, right? Uh, from Oxford Cigar Company, great dude. Um, how did you? How did you meet Lucas? Like, what do you like? What was the first meeting you had with Lucas? You know, like a lot of really good people that I, I have in my life right now through Instagram. It's it's you know it's one of those. It's a double edged sword. It's it's pros and cons with with Instagram. You know, it, it could suck you in and steal your soul, but it could also introduce you to a whole new world and a heck of a lot of good people. And that's kind of where I met Lucas. We just, um, it was in a transitional period where um, I had taken over the company um, and I was just trying to get acclimated with, with everything that, that comes with that. And Lucas reached out on Instagram and then we started chatting uh, and then we, we kept up conversation on the phone and then next thing you know i meet him at pca and we just you know you just meet someone you're like yeah we're gonna be friends you know it's it's just like that with lucas and and you know we've been we've been friends since yeah you know looking to build together yeah no lucas is a good dude that's pretty much like i i didn't try to think how i met him it was i think it may have been through instagram no evan from the blend that's how i met him and so yeah no it was the same thing you meet somebody and just like oh we're gonna be friends yeah that's just the way it is so you know lucas is a good guy so let's talk about you let's talk about peter james company let's talk about all these great things so let me ask you this john Mm -hmm. how how long have you been smoking cigars okay so i'll go back to man it's been a long time i'm gonna say 16 plus i don't have an exact number but i know wow i stole my dad's cigar launch of the Bahiki 54, which was 2006. So maybe a little bit around that point somewhere, give or take. Well, and you stole your dad's cigar. You remember which one it was. Oh, I do. I mean, I I named my cigar after slightly after it. So (laughs) to pay tribute, to pay homage to the the emotional damage that I caused him. Right. Now, did you, was your dad not happy about that? I'm guessing. No, I mean, look, he went, he was, my dad's a super humble guy. You know, he, he just, he enjoys the little things in life. And one of those things is cigars. And I'll never forget his face. He came home from uh, Havana house um, and they bring in all the, um, the Habano Sase into Canada. They had a golf tournament and 
he came home and he was just, he looked like a kid. He was just so vibrant. And he's like, look at all these cigars I got. Look, you know, I have no many, I mean, don't know how many people I've met. He goes, you see this cigar? This is a new cigar by Cohiba. It's a Behiki. And the band was just like glistening, glowing. And I'm like, holy, all, they all look amazing. Right. And imagine today, I mean, cut to today, you try to, you, you go to a golf room like that and you're getting a Behiki 56, 54, 52 Cohibas, limited editions. And this is all just for going to play around a golf at a tournament. Mind wow. you, the ticket price was, you know, 500 bucks a ticket, but the value you was, was definitely there. So, you know, he never really said, don't do this or don't touch that. But he, I, I vividly remember him saying, you know, if you're ever going to go in here, just do not touch these cigars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you did. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I, I'm paying my price. Okay. I have two little boys and they're exactly like me. Oof. So I now understand yeah. uh, what I put him through. And it was, I don't know why I did it. It was, I mean, you put something so nice and shiny in front of someone and say, don't touch it. What do you think? <laughs> right. Did you enjoy it? Like how old were you? 2006. You were, you were. Don't make me do the math. 82. <laughs> Eight. Yeah. You were 18. eight years uh, old. No, and no. 18. 18. And I was 18 uh, 1982. So 18 puts me in 2024. 24. Yeah. So you took your first cigar from your dad when you were 24. Yeah. I mean, I had tried like not cigars, but cigarellos or even Toscanellos, you know, here and there, Um, pipe tobacco. I tried pipe. Um, But my first cigar, if I really want to call it my first cigar that I lit on my own and stole was from (laughs) the Behicki 54 from my old man. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. What did he say? Can I like, can you share that story? Like when you, when he found out, did he walk in on you smoking it? No, he just, he, he was, it wasn't in his humidor when he went to get it. Oh. When he went to grab it for his golf game, because my dad loved smoking on the golf course. Um, he noticed it was gone. And immediately he started blaming, I think it was my mom. Yeah. Maybe she mis, misplaced it or cleaned out his humidor. And and then he asked me and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, I, I speak, I don't hide things. And I was like, yeah, I may have taken that one. It looked really nice. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't pleased. What are you going to say? Your 24 year old son pops into your house, takes your prize cigar. Give me the key. Give me the key to the house. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You're out of the will, son. You're out of the will. I mean, at that time, I was no longer four foot ten, so it's not like he could have really <laughs> right done much physically. But right. he would never. No, I would never. I, he's, I'm just teasing. He's 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 a joker. <laughs> yeah, he was, at the end of the day, you know, I replaced it. No oh. harm, no. You replaced it. Yeah, it sucked because I wasn't really making much money at that point, and to buy a Behicki 54 in the yeah. in Canada, man. That was so, a bullet. So did that start your love affair with cigars then? Is that? No. No. What no did? Actually, I didn't enjoy that at all. Wait, 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 wait. You smoked a bahiki and you did not enjoy it. No. Wow. First of all, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to ridicule me for this. But I, will not, I actually I took a couple of drinks and, and, and I chucked it. I was, I lied. I am going to ridicule you for that. Yes, absolutely. 100%. It, you know, 
I'm not going to get into the minutia of it, but it, it was, it was a really odd day on the golf course with a couple of guys and it just wasn't the day to have that cigar. Put it that way. You know, I, I, that was my mistake. I should have just taken one of his, you know, cheapies. Right. Uh, now, if you smoked that today, would you enjoy it? I would. Okay. I would. Okay. Very much so. However, if you're asking me for my personal opinion, and this is just subject, subjective to me, I am not the biggest fan. No. No. I am not. I mean, if I'm going to smoke a Cohiba, I'll probably smoke um, a Robusto. I find the flavor profile in a Robusto or even a Sigma 5 much more enjoyable. Okay. What's your favorite cigar of all time? I don't have one. I mean, like you had to reach in your, I know, I know it's such a, everybody asks this stupid question. And honestly, you're the first person I've asked it to, but this is kind of where the conversations led us. So I, I kind of want to know now. Okay. So I don't know the, I don't know the brand that it was. I just know where I was, who I was with. It was one of those. And I think Boveda Rob spoke to this in one of his, one of his uh, episodes there, the trifecta, it was set setting people, the food, everything. It just yeah. all came into play. It didn't matter what cigar I smoked at that point. It was going to be fabulous. And it was the truth. I didn't realize it at the time. I was like, holy shit, this is a really good cigar. And I, and I think somebody had given it to me that was, uh, that was there. And it was just a, could have been a custom roll. I don't know. It could have been an unbanded cigar. Um, but it was just dynamite. And, you know, I, I, I play, I really like to play with experience versus the versus cigars. So let's just say, I'll give you an example. Uh, I know this is hopping off topic, but I think it plays into my favorite cigar. Um, if I'm smoking, um, I don't know, give me a, any cigar. Uh, for, okay, Michael Herklotz, uh new Ferio Tegel. Let's just say I'm smoking one of those. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it. I'll smoke that same cigar the next day in a different environment after eating something completely different or pairing it with something completely different just to see if the experience is the same. And nine times out of 10, it's not. It's not. Right. And that plays into, and I'm sure, you know, you're aware is, is, you know, your palate, what you've eaten, what you had, the air you breathe, everything um, is part and parcel to the experience. Absolutely. So for me, I'm always trying to up my experience when having a cigar versus, oh man, I got to try that new Davidoff Royal at 300 bucks a pop because it's age 50 years. I do love it, but it's how do I enjoy that cigar and get the most out of the experience? And that plays on set and setting, what I'm eating, what I'm pairing it with, whether alcoholic or not. Um, so for me, the my favorite cigar is the one smoked with a bunch of buddies around a campfire, passing around a bottle of, of, of whiskey. Let me ask you this. So you're coming out with your with your own uh, cigars. They launch, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, they will have launched uh, two weeks ago uh, on June 1st. Mm-hmm. When you were creating these cigars, knowing what you just told me, that cig- the cigar experience is where it is at, and it's not so much the cigar itself, but it's, you know, the people and, and who's around you and what you're doing and what you're drinking and what you're eating. How did you kind of come at these new cigars that you wanted to create? Mm-hmm. Um, 
do you want do you want the blending process you mean the kind of the flavor profile is that what you're looking for uh, or just i kind of I, I i do want that but i want what you envisioned and then how you kind of carried out that vision because it's different right from a from a blender's perspective it's okay so i'm looking for this profile i'm looking for these notes but from a cigar smoker's perspective like you just said every cigar is different even the same cigar is different the next day so mm -hmm. knowing that how did you attack exactly. it? so in my report because i gave our, our uh, manufacturer a report a very thorough report and it was more based on experience than flavor profile. I was basically saying, you know, I gave more of the don'ts, you know, stay away from white pepper, black pepper, spice. It's not where I'm going right now. Um, for me, it was the journey. I wanted a cigar, the first cigar, which was now our Habano. That was like my favorite pair of jeans. And that's kind of how we're marketing it. It's that it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter where you are, who you're with, what you're drinking, what you're eating. I just want an easy cigar, something that, is not going to interrupt my coffee. If I'm having an espresso, it's, I'm not going to have to worry about pairing it with a bourbon versus a rum, or it's just easy to light up. It's unassuming, but also it has a little bit of, of kind of like a life journey. It's, it's not just consistently smooth throughout or consistently uh, the flavors are consistent throughout. There's some bumps, there's some turns, there's some ups, there's some downs. I've had people smoke the cigar and say, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden say, whoa, what is that? I'm like, what's what? You know, two thirds down the cigar. I think I got a little bit of like earth, white pepper. And I'm like, hey, that's, you know, that's your palate. But yeah, there, the cigar was built so that it was meant to have some slight twists and turns to it. Um, that's how we wanted it. Life is not consistently smooth. If it was, we'd all be happy all the time. <laughs> right. Um, so. I wanted the cigar to have that same experience, but at the same time, subtle enough that you can smoke it anytime. You know, I don't have to wait for a special occasion. I don't have to wait till after a steak dinner. That was the Habano. And then cut to the Maduro. I said, okay, I need a big brother. I need some muscle. I just had a, a, a T-bone or a porterhouse, a glass of wine, and now moving on to, to a scotch or, 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 or a bourbon or whatnot. And I need something with some more muscle, yeah. but I want something that's flavorful. I want, I want the flavor characteristics to shine, not so much as the strength. I do want a little bit of strength in my cigar, but not enough that it's going to be like eating another steak, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I absolutely do. Yes. Um, so you you chose uh, a Mexican San Andreas wrapper over um, Indonesian binder, but both of these, and that was for the, that's for the Maduro, but both the Maduro and the Habano use tobacco from uh nicaragua is that correct, correct? okay correct. so it's this is it the same blend in both cigars with a different wrapper and binder it's a similar blend we we, we changed obviously the um the recipe but the leaf in the, the filler leaf is consistent just how it's um, bundled together is a little different in terms of the quantity the breakdown right. So there's right. two, there's two Alapas, there's a Condega, and then there's an Undisclosed. So they just played with the recipe on the Maduro to get it to where we needed it to be. But we wanted to have similar characteristics to the Habano, just like I said, maybe, you know, the, the Maduro just hit the gym for a little longer than the Habano. So it gave us a little more. <laughs> hit the gym a little bit. I like, I like that analogy. I, I really do. What, so what possessed you? Because look, I, everyone knows what Peter James is known for, right? Like high quality um, leather goods. You have a, your own coffee blend now. 
uh, which I have to try. I keep meaning to. I have so much coffee right now that I'm going through uh, because I do a cigars and coffee where we review coffee all the time. So as soon as my coffee uh, supply gets low, that that's on the list of things to order. But you guys do a bunch of uh, of stuff that is cigar adjacent, and you even have your own. Um, uh, perf- I was going to say perfume, but uh, cologne. Perfume studio. A perfume studio. Perfume studio. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are are very high end luxury products that are all I, I would say cigar adjacent or man centric. I guess. I mean, that sounds very sexist, but you understand. I think what I'm I what do. I'm trying to get at. So you know, it looks like it looks like we threw a whole bunch of spaghetti on the wall just to see what people would like. No, it it, it doesn't. It, it is it is high end men, men's accessories. It's high end what I would call cigar adjacent accessories. What possessed you to be like, you know what? Well, if we're doing all of this stuff that is cigar adjacent, why not just go to cigars? Like, what was the thought process there? Well, it'd be I'd be lying if I said any, and I'm sure you can attest. Anyone who enjoys cigars, especially for a long period of time, has never dreamt of making their own. Correct? Is that a fair assumption? I've thought about it for a hot second and went, yeah, you know what? I've heard all the headaches. I don't think I want to do this. Okay, but you've thought about it. Yeah. And you're in the industry. So when you weren't in the industry, if you weren't in the industry and you thought about it, you'd probably say, you know what? Let me see if this is something that I can do just to see if it's in the realm of possible and then maybe tackle it. And then, you know, knowing what you know now, it's like, nah, forget it. But Um, you know what I know. And you probably know more. So why, what possessed you to go? that's, That's me in a nutshell. I've always been that way. You know, it, for me, it was a always a dream. And I said, people say they dream, but no, no, it was literally, I, you know, you asked me what my favorite cigar is. Many people ask me what my favorite cigars are to smoke. I want to be able to show my cigar, the best representation of my palate or what I enjoy through the culmination of how many years I've been on this planet smoking cigars and how many uh, cigars I've tried. I just wanted to give somebody the best representation of what my palate enjoys. Um, and hopefully that resonates with, with, with other aficionados or just other people alike that like, that like to enjoy a cigar. Um, now I'm not going to say that I did it knowing f- in full capacity what I was in for because <laughs> that might've changed my, my, my tone a little bit, but it's, it's no different than the trials and tribulations any entrepreneur goes through. It's not easy, man. It's, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I think everybody should do something. Um, and I'm not an expert. You know, there are, there are and, I, and I stress this, there are a lot of other more qualified people to be making cigars. I just know that my character, uh, the way I am and who I attract, I attract the crazy, passionate people. Um, I didn't seek out this manufacturer. And that's an interesting story too, which if you'd like, I can, I can shed yes, some light on please. that. Yes, please. But you'll start to see even through, and, and I'm going to plug myself here too, because um, we hired a new um, content creator. I don't even know what to call him. We don't like titles here, but he's basically our content guy and he wants to start a podcast and, and we're doing that too. It's more not specific to cigars. It's more, it's called persons of interest. Um, and it's based on just interesting people, their stories, you know, whether they were an entrepreneur or they've gone through um, something in life and they want to share so in that, you're going to see a whole bunch of interesting, passionate, crazy people, like the, the ones that Steve Jobs used to talk about in his campaigns and his, his live talks, um, the crazy ones. And it's literally that. Originally, when I had approached this idea, 
as soon as I got the idea in my head, that was it. It was going to happen. Um, I started hunting. I started doing my research. Um, I started reaching out to facilities, manufacturers, some of the top ones out there. And, you know, it was right in the middle of, of COVID. So obviously the supply chain was, um, Mm. at that point there was a lot of back orders uh, demand was high so you know politely being declined by many of the manufacturers just you know it's not the right time to be taking on small craft projects we don't really have uh, the, the capacity right now we're just trying to pump out product for our, our main brands which right. I completely understood so I put it on the back burner I didn't really put it aside completely I just said let's just wait to see what comes of all this mess and then we'll we'll attack I'm on Instagram, obviously managing the, the, the page at that point. And I got a message from, um, who is now Andreas, who works at Tobacco Letter Aragon. And he was reaching out for a case. He wanted a, a, a case with his monogram on it. And then we got to talking and he was explaining his story of how he came into cigars and how he migrated to, to Nicaragua and what he's up to. And it, it was a friendly conversation to then let, let then led to, that's pretty cool. At this point, he had no idea I was ever interested in making a cigar. And he wasn't, he wasn't messaging me to pitch me on it either. He was literally just messaging me for a case. And I said, hey, you know what? This is what's happening in my life right now. I've been, I'm, I'm thinking about this project. I'm thinking about doing the crazy and diving off the deep end. What do you think? He's like, man, straight out, this would be my first project in this industry but I would love for it to be with you if you want to go down this road together. It's going to be painful, but we'll do it together. And I said, that was like, yeah, done. Wow. And that was it. it we just hit the ground running. Wow. You brought up COVID. How, how did COVID affect what you did before the, you know, now you're, you're getting into the real, like, I, I don't want to say the real cigar game, but you're getting into, you know, manufacturing cigars. Like, how did that affect the leather goods and your accessories and everything else? Like, was it, did you see any hiccups? Did you see any slowdowns? Like, how did that affect you personally? I mean, no. I, the only thing that really affected our, our business was was the supply, material supply, uh, technically and also manufacturing. From a sales perspective, I mean, people were at home. They were, they were, they had more time. Uh, government was giving away money. People <laughs> yeah. had money to spend. So sales were there. We just didn't have inventory. I mean, I want people to really understand Peter James. We're a, we're a craft. We're artisan-made products. It's not like we're getting tens of thousands of these cases made monthly. We're, we're, we're doing this with, with you know, small shops, local shops, Canada, Italy, um, and, and they're doing it at 50 pieces, 100 pieces at a time. It's all handcrafted. You know, that's... And that's attributed to the price point, but it's it's the value. So, you know, when when our workers or when when somebody on the cutting table or the sewing machine is getting two thousand dollars a a month or week or two weeks, whatever the heck the government was doing, they're not going to go to work. Right. They're not going to produce. So it definitely affected our supply chain dramatic drastically. And then the whole closures with Italy, that's where all our leather comes from. Yeah. So difficult to, to to obtain leather. What's really hurt the most, and this is not even from a business perspective, more so emotionally for me, because I enjoy it so much. Italy does a beautiful leather show every year. And you get to go visit. Um, basically, it's like 
think of PCA on steroids. Imagine like five PCA wow. show floors combined with all t- different types of tanneries and leather and, and technology. And that to, that's, it was like, for me, Christmas. And we haven't had that in three years. So that for me has been hard because is I, that I coming back. Do you think, I mean, I mean, I know, look, the rest of the world kind of views COVID differently than the U S does. And even to some extent, Canada. So do you think that's coming back this year, next year, anytime soon, or uh, your guess is as good as mine. I've reached out and uh, they said there was some, some talk about this year, but that that's been canceled. So oh, wow. they have a whole, they're, they're hopefully saying 23. So we'll see. Let, let's talk about the Peter James brand. Um, how did, how did it come about? How did it get started? How did you get involved with it? Talk to me about the origin of the company. We were in back in, I guess, 2012, 2013, my wife, and I, and I think I've told this story a couple of times, but I'll say it again. I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge sport coat guy, but I like my sport coat tailored, okay. you know, nice and tight to the, the lats and you know, I just like yeah. it nice. I, I don't like my pockets stuffed and most of my pockets are sewn shut anyway, because I like it to be nice and I like my pockets to be nice and flat and, and curved. So I'd always make my wife carry my three cigar prong holder, my lighter, my cutter, sometimes two lighters and sometimes two cases, depending on where we were going and who we we're going with, I brought more than three cigars, right? You know, you know how it is. You want to smoke a couple, give a couple away. Yep. If somebody wants to enjoy one with you, you want to have options. Absolutely. So at that time, my, my option was limited to the Pelican case, the cigar caddy. And not a, it's a great product, but for someone going to, you know, a nice restaurant or to a cocktail party, you know, dressing up in a three-piece suit with a Pelican case just wasn't, for me, fashionable. I, you know, it just looked like I was walking in there with a tackle box. <laughs> right. And I wanted was on the hunt for something that I could carry all my stuff in um, specifically for that. And I, I, you, I could have easily bought a little everyday carry and put my cigars and lighter and cutter and th- threw it in a bag and carried it with me. But I wanted something specific to just cigars and accessories. Found it didn't exist because I'm pretty good at research and it just didn't see anything online. Talked to a few guys at Herf's. They see nothing. They seem super interested in the idea. I talked about it at a, at a Herf with a couple of guys in a garage you know, we were having some cocktails. We were deep in, 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 in some beer and bourbon. And we ended up starting drawing pictures on boxes and stuff like that. Next day, hangover at all. Um, one of the guys there uh, called me. Uh, and this is the James and Peter James. His name is Matthew. He said, hey, man. He goes, uh, he goes I know you're, you're serious about looking for, for this case or, or, or making it. He's like, if you are, I'd be really interested in, in doing it with you because I'm, I'm super curious about, you know, how we we could even get this done. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. I mean, two heads are better than one. That was it. That was our journey to this. Technically we we didn't even know it yet, but that was the start of Peter James. Um, We were just making a case for ourselves. We were just making something that, you know, would allow us the ability to carry our stuff, be fashionable and take that pressure off my wife. Cause she liked to, women like to accessorize. They like to carry different clutches with different outfits. And she was limited yeah. to a bag because she was carrying my stuff around. And finally, she's like, you know, carry your own shit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Is your wife supportive of the cigar uh, habit? Like, uh, uh, just real quick as a sidebar, is she, or is yeah. she like, mm, 
Yeah. Not like you care for it. She is. Yeah, she's super supportive. I mean, I I try to every once in a while I try to, you know, see if she'll get to smoke a cigar with me. She's not there yet. One day she'll get there. Yeah, I keep saying that about my wife. One day. And she says no, no day, ever. Okay, so you have this brainchild. You guys come up with this idea. Like you you and and Matthew are like, this is what we're gonna do. What what's the next step? Because this this is not like you said, you're not making these by thousands. These are handmade products. These are high-end luxury products that are very fashionable, that have a sense of style. And this is something that the industry, I don't think it's seen up to this point. So what's the next step for you? Like, what did you guys do to get this off the ground? Because you seem like the kind of guy, and I'm going to make some assumptions here about you, John. You seem like the kind of guy that is just going to, you have a vision, you have a thought, and you are going to plow ahead no matter what the obstacles are. And like, you're, you're going to find a way to overcome them. So what obstacles stood in your way to begin with? How did you overcome them? Uh, you know, like you said, life is bumpy, life is messy. And if it wasn't it, how much fun would it really be? So what did that look like for you and Matthew? It was daunting at first uh, to a point where we almost threw in the towel and I don't throw in the towel. Um, I'm, I'm very competitive, highly athletic. So for me, I love, I love to win politely cause I'm Canadian, but I love to win. Um, <laughs> We, you know, there's not very many artisans, leather workers left, especially mm-hmm. in North America. I'm speaking U.S. as well because we've searched high and low. There yeah. are some really good ones, but they're not. They're not. They're few and far between. So f- when we initially took this on, finding someone to manufacture was a challenge, huge challenge. We called, man, you know, I don't even have a number. Probably in the 30s. A number wow. of companies that we've called, even just like people we found on Yelp or you know, people who just do one-offs. But at that time, what's it called? Um, Etsy didn't exist. No. So we didn't really have that option. Um, we actually found someone in the heart of Toronto working out of their condo who in their condo had this like leather workshop set up. It was crazy. You, wow. you just walk through this beautiful condo downtown. And then you walk into their condo and it's not actually a condo. It looks like a leather shop. And I'm like, jeez, I don't know if this is legal, but you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So we, we curated, uh, we gave him our designs. He started doing it. We're waiting weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm, I'm persistent. I, every every few days I'm like, Hey, how's it coming? Anything going on? You know, how are we looking? Do you need any more support from us? And, Finally, we got the, hey, man, this is a little out of my league. It's a little too complicated, a little too complex. I don't know if we'll be able to, to take this on. So that kind of set us back months. And then finally, and this is how the world works, obviously, um, Dino from Crown Shave & Go slash Persons of Interest, who we curated our perfume studio from, was giving me a shave, my first ever shave, because I, I don't have, I didn't have facial hair until I was... 20, sorry, 38, 39. I just never, I always, always clean shaven. Never really thought of growing a beard. But um, anyways, he went in there. Easiest shave he's ever done. Um, <laughs> Easiest shave I, he's ever done. And I, I, and I, I, I was, you know, when you're talking to your barber, you're, you're spilling the beans, just like anyone yeah. else. And I was explaining what was going on. He's like, I'm going to give you a number. 
And I, I go, listen, I'm I appreciate that, you know, but I'm married. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to give you a number to a really good leather worker. I said, no way. He's like, yeah. And they're local. They're just, you know, not too far. They're just outside the city, but still in Toronto. I said, I said, all right. He's like, yeah, he makes, he's a, he's a, he's from Italy. Um, he's got a small shop. He does a lot of high-end brands. Um, he was doing Roots at the time and a couple other, other big players. And he said, I think you should give him a call. So I gave him a call. And at, at first he's like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. And I'm like, oh God, mm. this is kind of, this is our, this is our last lifeline. If we don't do this, well, then we have to consider taking a flight and maybe looking at going to Europe or, you know, even China. Mm. Um, and then finally I knocked on his door. I went in because I, I, I only speaking to him on the phone. He gave me, he declined over the phone. I said, uh, I said, Frank, you don't know me. I understand you're hesitant. But I said, I promise you, we'll be the easiest client you'll ever have. I know exactly what we want. We just need someone with the talent to get it done. I threw out Dino's name like we were best friends. I used that <laughs> really well. And finally, he gave in. And he said, all right, I'll do this with you. And that was, that was the start right there. That was the, the biggest hurdle to overcome. And then obviously, there are hurdles along the way. But sure. get the company going which was how do we get product? That was, that was the biggest hurdle to overcome was finding a manufacturer that was capable of producing a product that we wanted because, you know, you can get anything anywhere nowadays. Back then it was a bit different, but even back then you could get anything anywhere. Um, but it's not about getting anything. It's about getting something specific. And for us, I know the word quality is very subjective, but I'm the type of person, my character is, is as such that if I'm going to buy something, I want to buy it once. So if I'm going to buy, I don't know, like take an EDC, like a knife, uh, you know, I'm not going to go buy something that likely is going to either go in the garbage or right. going to bust in a year. I'm going to spend a little bit extra. It's going to hurt because I, I work hard for my, my dollar. But the thought that, that it's going to last me a heck of a long time and it's built well, that gives me comfort. So I thought that's how I want, and Matthew was in agreement, that's how we wanted this business to be. It was, it was, how do we build something of value? Yeah. And you guys have, have certainly done that. And you have, uh, your cases are absolutely uh, uh, beautiful. They're gorgeous. They are well-made in the industry, in the folks that I talk to, you know, it's, Hey, I just bought a Peter James. Like it's, I just got this like, and it's a, it's a, it's almost, it's not so much a status thing, but you know how guys are, you know, Hey, I'm smoking. Like you said, this, uh, uh, Davidoff, uh, whatever this Padron, whatever this, uh, Atabay, whatever. And it's the same thing when it comes to the accessories and your accessories certainly have a style and a sense of class and a sense of fashion that, like you said, a Pelican case, you're just not going to get that anywhere else other um, than, than Peter James. Thank you. So when you, you, you have these, these leather goods that you you've done and you, you, you decide to expand the business and you have, like I said, you have coffee, furniture, uh, cologne, uh, cigar accessories now, you have expanded this from what was something that was an idea in someone's garage to mm -hmm. something that is this international 
hit and this internet and in and, and such a people people say peter james it is synonymous with things like luxury and class and all those things i said earlier what does that look like for you and for matthew to 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 look back now and go man we were just in a garage and we were just talking about this and now it's this i mean the way you say it you make it sound i have to sit back and actually soak that in um i never really looked at it that way to be frank um so it's it's super humbling and, and I appreciate the, the, that that's how our brand is viewed. And I'm sure Matthew's proud as well. Um, but I think that's just a tribute to, to who we are, who I am. Um, and, and that's how the brand is represented. And that's how the people that are Peter James here today. Um, that's, that's, that's just us. It's not, you know, the company started as a hobby business, like straight, there's really no way to hide that. It's the reality is we, we just did this for to, 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 to make something for ourselves, but also give back because people really enjoyed it at the yeah. time. It didn't exist. So we gave people a platform that where they can buy it and, and they did, and we treated it as a secondary business. We had our full-time gigs, you know, we were, that's what put food on the table for our family and it just kept growing. And so to the point where it needed more attention, it deserved more attention our audience deserved more attention. So at that point, it was um, in the summer of 2020 where Matthew decided that his focus needed to be on his family business. And so it was at that point where there was a decision to be made. Do we sell the business? Um, and and, and just, I remember that conversation vividly and I remember the emotion that went through me because my entire bodily, my body started to vibrate and rattle. And I was just like, there's no way I can't, I can't sell this business. Right. I don't want to, I'll be selling a piece of myself. Yeah. What felt more natural was for me to just continue, take the reins and continue. You know, most of our, our tenure in the industry or even in this in existence, I was in the, I was behind the scenes. Nobody knew who I was. You know, I was the product manufacturing, you know, web creative guy in the background. Matt was the sales, business operations, logistics, you know, at the trade shows, front and center. That was Matt. Right. Also, most people, they didn't really know who I was. And then when I took over in 2020, there, there was, that was it. It was just me. I had full, full reign. You can't, here's a buffet. Do what you want. Okay. <laughs> You want to, you want to give me that kind of control. I'm going to have some fun. And, you know, at that point, my wife kicked me out of the basement because our basement literally looked like a warehouse, logistics oh, warehouse. I had yeah. packed with cable. Like I'm super process oriented. So everything was, you know, I pretty much running lean manufacturing out of my basement and lean uh, logistics. And my wife's like, yeah, you, you, you got, you got to get your own space. I'm like, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's that time. And all the products that we're, we're releasing, they're all either blended, made, manufactured, create, creative, whatever the case may be, or partnered with us or people like us. So the coffee is a prime example. I, I don't know how much time we have on this podcast. Go but ahead. If, I, if I tell you how I met the individual curating our coffee or blending our coffee, it'll blow you away. Well, t- now you've got to tell me. I want to, like, I, I need to know because... I'm really like I'm a coffee guy, and I'll be honest. I'm and I've said this on cigars and coffee, and you can go check that out on Rumble. No longer on YouTube because 
Fuck YouTube. Um, yep. But <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, um, it's I'm a basic coffee bitch. I, I just I like coffee and I'm trying to get into the weeds on it. But it's it's certainly it's it's more work for me to get into the weeds on coffee than it is for cigars, because apparently I just have more of an affinity for cigars. But I'm just a basic coffee bitch. But I want to know. What's special about your coffee? And like, tell me this story. How did this happen? If I say it's, it's made with love, is that enough of a response? Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you'd have to know a little bit about my, my history um, back, I guess, before I, right before I got married. Um, I used to work as a um, marketing manager, sort of director of marketing for a picture frame molding manufacturer. And they used to manufacture in Italy and uh, South North America. And the, it was a family-run business, very successful business, family-run. Uh, two families were, were co-partners. And one of the owners um, was also a lover of coffee, such as myself. So I grew up, you know, I'm Italian background. I, my dad came from Italy at a young age. My mom was born here, but her parents were Italian. So I was drinking espresso at six years old. You know, oh, wow. Wine at six years old. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mom and dad for getting you in trouble, but I'm sure <laughs> So we would, we would totally talk coffee every morning because I'm, I'm an early riser. So we'd be there early in the morning and the coffee was always a bone of contention with us. We would always petition and he's the owner petitioning his own company for a new coffee machine or for new coffee. And, you know, and I'm like, dude, why are you petitioning? Just do it. You're the owner. He's like, that's not how it works. We've got to be political. I'm like, okay. So anyway, <laughs> we, we would. We would just talk coffee and espresso, specifically espresso. Don't put any sugar in my coffee unless it's an iced coffee and I want to get a little sweetness out of it. You know, if I'm just drinking coffee, I just want espresso. Nope. Just give it to me in the cup, please. Please. So finally, um, I had left that company, uh, went uh, again to venture out into entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, spoke to them here and there sporadically, kept in touch, cut to... 2021, um, I get a message on Instagram. Of course, Instagram is always the culprit. It's Joe. And he's telling me, you know, saying hi, sees what I'm doing. So happy for me. Wishes me nothing but success. He knew I was going to be doing something like this one day. Just didn't know what it was. And says, guess what I'm doing? And I said, selling picture frame molding as a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. He says, I sold my, my piece of the, our piece of the business, our family sold. He goes, I started my dream job. And then I obviously, as a joke, I said, Jarvis is still uh, hiring, which is a street on, in Toronto. It's an inside yeah, joke. Somebody, I get yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, no, he says, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm roasting my own coffee. And I said, shut the hell up. That makes complete sense. So it's not enough that, you know, he could easily retire. Easily. He's like, no, no, this is, I've always wanted to go down this road. And I said, so he went out and he bought himself a, a roasting machine and a whole, set up a facility. And I said to him, Joey, I said, here's my problem with espresso and cigars. Cause he knew I was a huge cigar smoker. I said, first of all, any Italian bean you get here, I don't know how it is in the U S but in Canada, any Italian bean you get is either sit in the warehouse for a couple of years or a year and it's sitting in bags wherever that is, then it finally hits the shelf. I don't know how long it's going to sit on the shelf. So you're really truly never getting a fresh representation of what that blend or, or, or coffee is going to be. Right. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I said, secondly, I love Italian espresso, but when you pair an Italian espresso with a, with a cigar, the aftertaste of that Arabica most of the time just destroys the flavor profile of the cigar. And I have to wait a little while or I have to do a quick little uh, mouth rinse with some soda water just to clean my palate. Yep. I said, look, I know it's possible. I said, can we make an espresso that pairs with any cigar? I don't want to have to think in the morning about which bean <laughs> that I have to grab to pair with my yep. Davidoff or you know, room 101 or whatever, any, any cigar, you name it. And he's like, Johnny was, we can do anything. He goes, we just have to play around. And I said, now we're talking. So <laughs> cut to panapura, which just means pure cream in Italian is a representation of a coffee that can be paired with any cigar and only enhances and enriches. I'm going to say this. There has not been one person, and I don't know if everyone's just super polite, but there has not been one person to ever say to me, this coffee's okay. Anytime someone tries the coffee, maybe it's because we're making it on a, you know, and it's pretty sophisticated manual machine where you use a rocket Mazafiano, we use a rocket grinder, everything's measured, everything's done correctly. Like we're pretty anal about how we make our coffee. You, you take your coffee seriously. Very, very. There, there are very, so I am... If you want me to characterize myself, I am simple. I like I like to be outdoors. I like the simple things, but, but there are certain things I won't compromise on. There are certain things like my pillow, my mattress, my shoes, and my coffee. Three you of those. Of, you mess with any one of those, you're in trouble. Well, three of those things are are, are comfort based, right? Your shoes, your pillow, and your mattress. That's all about comfort coffee i mean is the is coffee a comfort for you or is it is it a necessity like sleeping and standing and walking no it's a comfort i don't need coffee i don't have to drink i won't i'll go days without drinking coffee it sucks because you get the the caffeine withdrawal headache but yeah these are all comfort things for me i grew up drinking espresso so to have an espresso wasn't just like the cigar it's not just a about, you know, getting a quick caffeine fix. If I want a quick caffeine fix, I'll go get a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons or McDonald's coffee quickly, hammer it back with one milk, one sugar, and then, you know, I'll be back at it again at the shop. But a coffee for me is very um, intimate. Making it, smelling it, drinking it, it's a complete experience. Yeah. And I enjoy that. And it's it's not a long experience, but it's just enough to give me that that feel good, happy moment, and that's what I need. That's but all. But it's an for. it's an important experience, especially first thing in the morning, right? If you're if you're a coffee if you're a morning coffee drinker, it's that's what gets you going. And honestly, sometimes for me, it is the only time of the day where things are quiet, and I can I can enjoy the coffee, and I can savor the coffee, and I can enjoy the cigar, and really, you know savor the cigar so yeah no i get that i get that 100 percent. let me ask you a question let's switch roles for a second sure. ask you a question. what does your day look like when you wake up in the morning and have a terrible coffee <laughs> i'm usually yelling at the kid uh i'm not very happy with anything the wife um and then i just want to get done whatever i need to get done so i can try to find some time to actually enjoy what i'm doing 
It's, it's a terrible start to the day. Right. So a friend once said to me, he's like, you know, why do you put so much effort into all this? Because, you know, he, he just he loves the coffee, but he just presses the button on the espresso machine and it comes out. So for him, that's super simple. I said, well, there, there aren't many, we work, especially here in North America, I can't speak to everyone in the world, but it's such a, it's such a go, go, go environment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how quickly and how efficiently you can get things done and how much you can get done in a day that seldom we do we get to sit back. I mean, a lot of cigar smokers do because we get to enjoy a cigar and it forces us to sit down and slow down. Right. But if you didn't have that, what other opportunity do you have to start your day in the right way with the right tone to say, hey, look, this is, and, it, and it's about identifying those things. It's about being aware enough to identify, hey, look, coffee makes me happy. So I'm going to f- crush it. I'm going to absolutely crush my coffee because if it makes me that happy, if I can start my day that happy, uh, it's, it's likely I'll, my entire day will, will, will follow suit. I'll just get into that flow. And so I carry that across anything that I really enjoy. It's, it's not just about doing it. It's how do I do it very well? How do I do it at a high level constantly? Yeah. yeah. Every day, high level. And obviously, you know, there are days where you're not going to be able to do it at a high level. I mean, Oh, that's almost every day for me, John, is not at a high level. Uh, but I do, I try my best, but there are there are times where I'm like, well, today's going to be a, a low-level day. <laughs> hey, listen, it's not, it, at least you, you're aware of it. That's that's number one. Look, we're not, yeah, I try, perfect. Yeah, no, I try to be uh, as self-aware as possible. So I, I want to ask a couple of, of questions before we get out of here. I, I promise just a couple more, but real quick, because you come to the u.s and you're from canada and you go back and forth um tim hortons or 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 starbucks Uh, am i forced to make a choice yes starbucks okay really yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trash talk tim hortons i'd rather go with the uh no comment but you know the pike coffee is a pretty good coffee if i'm looking for a drip it's a pretty good coffee okay i think it's burnt I think it tastes burnt. You know, that's probably, it could be wherever where, you talk about across all platforms, like all Starbucks you've tried it and it tastes burnt. Yeah. Every Starbucks I've been to always tastes burnt. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. It's not, it's I'm not gonna, my I'm favorite. Gonna, I'm going to look out for that next time. I didn't, I've never really caught that. Do you, now do you take it black? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That might nope. be a different. So you take cream? I take one milk, one sugar in any drip coffee. The okay. only time I will not take anything in my drip coffee is if I'm having a pour over or a French press because it's done correctly. So yeah, I said correctly as a, as a bougie <laughs> person because we're talking coffee. Now I told you in the beginning, I was simple. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jen. Um, if you, and I always, hate. I don't know if you see this on Instagram, but you see these, these sayings and these, like, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be a tiger and a wolf and a lion. And I, I, I hate that. I, I, I hate that bullshit as an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur at a high level. What is the advice that you would give someone starting out their own business? Honestly, that's a great question. I love that. Thank you for asking that question and taking this to a different, a different area. Um, a lot of the things I had to learn the hard way, a lot of the things I had to learn on my own, I didn't really have too many mentor, too much mentorship. So if I could offer a piece of advice to anybody starting a business, I would say, no, you don't have to work 20 hours a day. Okay. Nobody's superhuman. It's about being efficient. 
It's about getting the most, like we talked about, maximum effort, working at a high level for a certain period of time. Understand that we all have burnout points and you're no good to yours if you're running on burnout. I would say there are no such thing as perfect days. We, you know, we're not always perfect. Nobody is. Um, it's about being aware of it and going easy on yourself, allowing yourself like to be okay with the fact that you cannot be on all the time. Right. And just learning how to find the tools to combat that and keep pushing forward. I think, and we're talking about this as a collective and Peter James in one of our, our, um, our weekly um, jams or huddles or whatever you want to label it. And I think it's, it's one of the commonalities is people throw in the towel a little early in their, um, in their business. If they, if they, if they start to become fearful or they start to um, doubt their efforts. And if you believe in your vision, believe in what you're doing, your intention is pure, push through that as long as you can get through. And usually the obstacle is yourself, right? Yeah. I think with anything, we're usually in our own way. So the moment you can get out of your own way is that moment that you're just going to, you're going to fly. Wow. What's next for Peter James? Uh, you've got the two cigars coming out, the Habano and the Maduro uh, this month, because uh, this will release on uh, June 15th. So you've got those coming out. What's what's next for you? I know you, you mentioned a podcast series, uh, and I can I see you're in the studio now, which, by the way, it looks beautiful. I know you guys can't see it at home because, you know, you're listening to this, and I'm just an audio podcast because nobody wants to look at me. Um it, it, you guys have this uh, uh, beautiful space, and what's next for you guys? I don't see an area that we cannot um, get go into. I'm trying to find something just to give you some some good content for your podcast. <laughs> I, I do feel like I, I you deserve it. Okay, I appreciate that. Let's just say we're going to reinvent the smoking jacket. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So that's on the go. Then the other thing I'll give you is I think it's important to know, you know, like you said before, where Peter James came from, we came um, into a, a niche industry, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we, you know, using our, our core values, our honor, tradition, integrity, um, making everyday lifestyle product, but missing the mark on some of the niche products. And I think that's our opportunity to provide value to those different audiences. Wow. I am looking forward to uh, everything you got coming out now. Will you be at the trade show this year in Vegas? I will. I will. So we will have, we will have to hook up then uh, and maybe sit down and talk a little bit and uh, obviously smoke a cigar and maybe drink some coffee as long as it's not Starbucks. No, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll sneak a bag or two in there. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll, we'll get it right. I actually tried. I did attempt to, to bring our, our, our espresso machine and our bean and all that, but it just, it's, it's more, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Right. So, um, I, I usually, I'm a French press guy, so I, I can typically push that in the suitcase and take that with me. Hey, you French press. I will pre-grind for the French press a bag of our toast. Oh, perfect. Then and there you go. I have a cup of 
cup of coffee and one of pizza cigars since Lucas hasn't shipped you any. Lucas yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm really upset because watching you smoke that one. Here's the thing, guys. Like, since you, you can't see it, I'm going to try to explain it to you. So we've been we've been talking now for well over an hour and, and he lit this up uh, right at the beginning. And, uh, you know, I'm letting him do most of the talking because that's, you know, good host. That's what a good host does here on a podcast. Uh, and he has not had to relight that. I think he had to relight it once, but that was after a, like a long time of not being able to to take a draw off the cigar because I kept asking questions. So. These cigars, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to try these because number one, they look phenomenal. And number two, everything you touch is gold. It is high end, it is luxury, it is class. And so I am really looking forward to 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 tasting your vision for these cigars uh and then reviewing them. So look forward to that. When when can Thank people you expect your, your podcast to come out? Today? No, no. Like when are when are when, when is when are you going to start uh, your? I'm, I'm I'm looking at Vinay over here. Vinay, Vinay's oh, he's, he's the 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 creator of this of this <laughs> this podcast. So I'm looking at him. I think he's he's editing our first episode. Nice. Um, so I would say within a couple of weeks should be a fair assumption. Um, it, this is look this this is this is just the fun component. I think it speaks to the question you asked me about entrepreneurship and giving someone some advice. What this is, is I think just, in, you know, talking, it's not an interview, it's just talking to the people. Um, and it's a, it's a platform, obviously, um, for, for others to just gain insight. Mm. You know, we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, like I mentioned. Failure is imminent. Fail, get up, learn, and do it better. And it's the ability to maybe learn from somebody else's failures and maybe learn from their successes of getting up after those failures so that you don't have to make that mistake again. Or maybe even you just want to kill some time. Who knows? But yeah. there it is. That That is uh, words to to live by, especially for entrepreneurs. John Lorendi, uh, Peter James, go to and all this will be in the show notes, I promise. But you can go to peterjames.ca uh, and check out all of the great stuff they've got there. John, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I wish you can uh, continued success. I uh, hope to have you back on the podcast uh, and we'll see you at the trade show in July. You got it. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. That's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Join me next time where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Visit simplystogies.com for the latest articles and reviews. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest in video content and please rate and review Simply Stogies on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. If you have a question or suggestion for James or would like to be on the show, please send an email to info at simplystogies.com. 